Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. So here we are in a pandemic, um, and we'll talk more about that in a second. Uh, welcome to Minor Wisdom this week. Uh, this one is a little different. I wanted to give all of the credit for this week's episode to Tress Curzum. She's not on the episode, but she reached out to me very briefly on Facebook Messenger and just said, hey, uh, get somebody on or, or get a topic on about uh, online teaching. And I thought, I well, first I thought, why in the hell have I not thought about that? I'm so creative and innovative. What the heck? Uh, and then I thought, thanks, Tress, and I will do that. So I reached out to um, a couple people about uh, discussing online teaching and sort of their philosophy or their way of doing things. And I got one person to respond, which is interesting uh, because there is now, for those of you that don't know, there is a Facebook group called Theater Education Distance Learning resource sharing and support network um and jeffrey ott also a former minor wisdom guest has posted a whole lot on there uh, because virtual theater will help immensely with technical theater uh with just kind of getting the kids designing uh, i think there are a lot of different ideas out there i think one easy super easy idea for getting kids engaged in teaching if we are doing it from a distance is getting them to read a script I think that's a super easy one, um, and have them then work off of that script, design off of that script. I know that's probably what I will do, uh, because it's, again, somewhat easy. You can check in on them. You can have them post things online. Uh, Google Hangout is apparently going to be complimentary over the next few weeks, maybe. That's not official yet, um, but you know, look into that. Uh, those of you that have Google Classroom, those of you that have Schoology or some sort of platform that you can engage with your students, um, even through Remind, uh, which is free right now for, well, it's for, it's free for a certain number, and I don't remember what that number is per group. I think it's something like 100 or 150, but uh, that's that's a lot. So you could, you could get on those different platforms to help uh, get your students engaged. And so I reached out to David Fox, who is at ETC, Electronic Theater Controls. Most of you, if you're not a technical theater person, most of you uh, know ETC by the people that control or that, that manufacture your light boards um, and quite a few of the instrument pieces of instrumentation that you have in your theaters. Uh, so they're extremely helpful. And I even talked to him about that at the end of the interview. It's a very short interview, but I did talk to him about how we as theater teachers appreciate ETC and their customer service. And again, no money. I I'm just telling you how it is. I'm not one of these podcasts filled with advertisements. Um, not to say that I don't want to be, but, um, it is, uh, one of those things that, that they have, earned our respect because they are just so good at customer service. And if you've had a negative experience with them, they're also very willing to learn and to hear what you have to say about your experience. Uh, so online resources, there are a lot, uh, a lot of ways to get engaged. Again, my district has Schoology, so we're already set up and equipped to go to online. And the way that our online, or excuse me, that our uh, superintendent worded things for our district is that we're going to be off for two weeks indefinitely. And for those two weeks, we're going to be figuring out how to get online education working. So there's a good chance that we are uh, out for longer. Uh, we're one of a couple districts that announced that we're out for two weeks, which is fine, except that my daughters are going to go crazy but that's okay. We love them unconditionally. So speaking of this pandemic, it is somewhat, this is an opinion piece now, it is somewhat of an interesting reaction that uh, Americans are having to it because there are the people panic panicking because they don't know how to deal with the pandemic, and then there are the people that are going over the top, and not panicking, but reacting over the top to the 
people reacting over the top. And I love it. I love seeing on Facebook, everybody calm down, just calm down. I love those reactions. Um, and I think it's super ironic. And uh, I don't comment on any of those because everybody is very uh, uh, at a heightened sort of emotional sense right now. Um, but I, I enjoy seeing these things. Uh, the reason people are freaking out is because they don't want to have to wipe their ass with a leaf. And if we are stuck and quarantined in our homes for two, three weeks, you want to be prepared to have a clean butt. Uh, so that's why toilet paper is going away. Um, that's why all the Chef Boyardee cans are going away. And that's just it. It's not that people are panicking and buying toilet paper because they think they're going to shit themselves to death because of the coronavirus. They're doing it so that they're clean. Um, I even considered buying adult diapers. Why not? Just, you know, you're in your own house, privacy, and um, who's who else is who's going to complain? Your, your wife, your kids? Who cares, right? You know what I mean? So, it's, it's okay that people are having different reactions and the people that are telling people to stop having these reactions, it's not going to help any because I don't know if you're familiar with how Facebook and Twitter work, but you get to uh, decide who you follow. So if you're reacting over the top to the people reacting over the top, they can just like mute you and not see what you're saying. And so it's not helping. It's, I mean, maybe for you it's helping so that you can say it so that nobody can read it, but, um, really just kind of like, I don't know, keep it to yourself share it with your friends that, I mean, that, that'd be the best thing to do or, um, go to a different store, go to the liquor store. I heard somebody yesterday say they're going to be lots of babies, which is obviously true. They're going to be lots of, uh, alcoholics that come out of this. They're going to be lots of amateur podcasts. Ironic. I know. Um, but I started way before the pandemic. I should get a shirt, Minor Wisdom. We started before the pandemic. Um, but it's it's going to be one of those things. Now, back to the subject at hand. If you're going to online learning, uh, there are a lot of people out there that are willing to help. I'm one of those people. Uh, I actually enjoy the online element of Schoology or working through Schoology with my students uh, more than I do the face-to-face. Um and when it, Schoology was introduced to Fort Bend, uh, I embraced it wholeheartedly. And I know it was one of those things most teachers said, here's just the new crazy thing. And in two years, three years, it's going to go away and we're going to move on to the next thing. Well, we've had Schoology now for a few years and it's great and I love it. And I hope it never changes, even though I'm leaving the classroom. But it's a very good tool and useful tool and easy to use so much so that I, I do use it. Uh, and it's it's um, a place that you can evaluate students. So it's a place that you can have them throw videos up through Flipgrid. It's it's just a great tool. So if you do have Schoology, please embrace it. If you don't, you'll hear David talk about a tool through Adobe that is free for 30 days if you do a 30-day trial. And hopefully we're not doing this for more than 30 days. So hope everyone is staying safe. Um, after the David Gray interview, I'm going to throw up my uh, time that I spent with uh, Jay Thomas. I did that this weekend. I missed all of the crazy coronavirus, but we were at a bar, so we figured it was sterile from all the alcohol uh, and hanging out. And um, it was a fun little hangout, fun little interview. Jay Thomas is a is a goofy dude. Uh, hope you enjoy this bit from David Gray, and then the interview with Jay Thomas. Where do basketball players sit when they are hot? They sit by their fans. Thank you for having me. First off, uh, I'm uh, a little bit about me just to kind of s- let people know who, I'm ta- who you're, they're talking to. My name is David Fox. Um, I work with uh, electronic theater controls. I'm a training and documentation specialist with ETC. I've been with ETC for about 20 years. And uh, a large part of what my job is now is to develop curriculum and present curriculum for our authorized service providers. So when you're getting a phone call from someone or you're having a problem with a piece of equipment, you need somebody to come out and fix it. Typically, if it's an ETC piece of equipment, they've been in some kind of a classroom for me, bless their hearts, um, and uh, 
and we've done some training together. Uh, one of the things that we started doing a, a number of years ago was recognizing that we were releasing products faster than we could get people in for training for. So we started looking at a lot of solutions to provide distance learning and create more online learning that was either live or self-paced. And that's when we started looking at a variety of different tools and resources and methodologies in terms of teaching. Teaching for distance is very different from, from teaching inside of a classroom. And that's, that's when we started trying to come up with some, some different ways of not only thinking about the training, but also different ways of offering it. So we started looking at a variety of tools. Um, we've used a number of different screen capture tools. Uh, some of them are expensive, some of them are not. And it doesn't have to be expensive tools that you're using. Um, if you're looking to do recorded things, there's programs like Camtasia, which is a, a fairly inexpensive screen recording tool. Uh, you can look at programs like Adobe Captivate if you're looking to create more dedicated online content. And I know that's probably a little further down the road than a lot of people are looking at, because most people are looking at how do I deal with curriculum to get me through the next month or so. Yeah. Is that is that what yeah. you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, uh, from what I've been reading online, you know, f specifically my district hasn't decided when we're going back to school. So they've announced it's mm -hmm. been two weeks, and I know a few districts, you know, Houston ISD has said it's two weeks as well. Uh, but our district, the way they worded it, led a lot of educators to believe that we're going to spend the next two weeks deciding and working on how we're going to teach online, which led a lot of people to believe we're going to be out of school indefinitely and get used to this kind of new norm, if you will, of teaching online. Now, uh, luckily for our district, we have a program called Schoology, uh, mm -hmm. and Schoology is an online platform where you can throw different assignments and quizzes and uh, different ways to assess. Um, and so we're we're pretty well equipped, and I think schools are starting to, you know, good for that business right now because all these online platforms are saying, hey, 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 we'll, we'll help you. Um, yeah, absolutely, you know, right. But it's but specifically for theater, you know, just just a couple minutes ago, actually, my, my wife's also a theater teacher, and one of her kids – uh, responded to a post that she put online uh, saying, well, that's great and all for the actors to be able to learn their music and their lines, but what about us technicians? Uh, what would you like us to do to help get ready for a hopeful production that we're going to put on in May? Um, so it's kind of, you know, what do we do to keep those kids engaged and what kind of assessments can we give them uh, to help them and, and keep their keep their minds going so they don't get stale? Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's that's a great question because um, it it can be it can be difficult to find online relevant technical material um, or or good dedicated sources. And there's a couple of them out there. I'll uh, I'll throw some blatant commercial announcement out here um, for ETC because I think that's only fair. Um, we have uh, we do have uh, a number of classes and a number of different lecture series that are available through our YouTube channel which are free. Um, there's there's interviews that are up there. Uh, there's different product overviews. There's uh, online classes and online curriculum that goes specifically through how to use our various consoles uh, based on various software releases. So those are definitely places where if you wanted to give some of your more lighting or technically minded students uh, an assignment, it could be hey, go, go look at these things uh, or go watch a couple of these chapters and start learning more about your desk. Now, the question comes down to assessment, and that can always be tricky. One of the things I like to do anytime I'm doing any kind of console trainings, um, for, whether it's for students or whether it's even for adults, is to give them an assignment and then require them to do some kind of a teachback. So if you have some way of being able to either submit written material or you have uh, the way to do some kind of a, a web conference conference or a group chat is give your give your students a couple of chapters to look at in terms of how a console works and then have them come back and teach the rest of their peers. It kind of forces engagement because you're making everyone responsible for teaching everybody else. Um, it helps keep conversations in group conversation moving forward. So that's that's definitely one thing to look at. Uh, we also have a, a number of the sessions that we have done at our Q conferences. Q is uh, an, a 
bi-yearly, which means every other year. So I guess I used that wrong. Uh, I'm sure there's teachers that are listening to this that are going to be like, no, David, you said that wrong. And yeah, I always get that wrong. Um, But every every two years, we offer an end-user conference called Q. And a number of those classes have been recorded and are made available as well. I know one of the classes I did on system maintenance. There's another class that I did on understanding networking for the theatrical environment. Um, There's been classes on a wide variety of different technical topics uh, that are not just a a blatant sales pitch for why you should buy our gear uh, that we've done in those classes. And those are other things where you could have somebody do an assignment maybe where they watch that online and then they could write about it or they could come back and talk about what they've learned. Um, We also have uh, an LMS, which is a learning management system, similar to I think what you guys have in your school system where we've created that is tied to a MyETC account. And in that system, we have a number of other classes on some additional products. We have some beginning trainings on understanding data types, understanding topologies, understanding DMX. Um, What does that mean? What is streaming ACN? What does RDM mean as a protocol? Um, And these are all places where there are things that students are going to interact with without necessarily even knowing it. So the thing that plugs into the back of your console it's not a bad idea if you're looking to move forward with this in a career to understand what it means, understand how it works, understand how to troubleshoot it. There's kind of soft skills that are going to help you moving forward. Uh, looking for more design-based students and thinking back to some of the curriculum that I've, I've worked with and some of the curriculum I've talked to people about. Before I worked at, UC, at, at ETC, um, I was the master electrician for UCLA School of Theater, Film, and Television and, and helped teach... Uh, some of the undergraduates there helped develop curriculum for some of the undergraduates there that were interested in technical stuff as well. So outside of just ETC lighting, um, looking at some of the other topics, you know, have your students read a script and come up with a rudimentary set design or come up with uh, a rudimentary lighting design based on how they think they would light specific scenes. Um, gives them things that they don't necessarily have to be in a classroom to do. Um, gives them things that they don't necessarily have to have a lot of equipment in order to do, but are still incredibly relevant to the craft of working backstage and working technically. Yeah, that's great. So um, when you were at UCLA, uh, this was a while ago, I'm assuming, after you said you, you've been at ETC for about 20 years. Um, yeah, this was this was about 20 years ago. Okay. So. so late 90s, early 2000s. But um, So at that time, though, were you doing anything by correspondence were you able to do any sort of theater by correspondence with some of those college kids or was it all uh face-to-face uh education that's a great question um that distance learning didn't exist back when i was an educator um it was it was a far-off dream um but what i did spend a lot of time doing um and what i have spent a lot of time doing for long periods of time is is support over the phone and talking through people with things over the phone um and, you know, dis- distance learning is definitely different. Like I said, I've spent a lot of time um, over the last decade looking at different ways to make things engaging, um, finding ways for people to be able to continue to communicate while you're doing distance learning. Like I said, I, I, if I can, I try. If it, It's either assignment work that comes back to me that I can review um, and provide grades on. And I have a couple of programming classes that are 100% self-paced. And what that means is that the student watches a series of videos, they follow along, they do assignments, they send me back the assignments, and then I go back and give them a a written critique on the assignment. It's not really pass-fail so much as it's how did you approach these challenges and how did you solve them? And that's a lot of what theater really is, right, is you you don't necessarily fail theater. um, But it does give people the ability to do a grade. Uh, Other things that that we do for online classes is we'll do think we'll do webinars. I use uh, a program called Adobe Connect. I found that it's been uh, a very effective program to host a webinar. All your guests need or all your students need in order to join is access to the internet and some kind of a device, whether it's a computer or a mobile device or even a Chromebook um, that you can use to log into that. And then I can host a webinar where I can put up material, I can do a lecture. Students can have the ability to, to vocally talk back and forth or speak back and forth in a chat that even includes components for, for download. Uh, there is a free 30-day trial of Adobe Connect, so I would recommend that anybody that is in a position where maybe their school hasn't put together the tools to facilitate remote learning, look at downloading a piece of software and using it for the next 30 days. Right. Um, and if nothing else, it's going to give you that solution. I also just read that uh, Google 
just made their Google Hangouts software free for schools and for businesses to be able to use at this point in time. Um, and I know that like my son's school, for example, they are all Chromebook and they're all using, they're completely on the Google platform here in the Madison School District. So a program like that, if you're already using the rest of Google software, can tie in very easily because it's going to be part of that package anyway. Um, and there's ways that that way you can still do your lecture or you can still put material up online for people to read uh, and get that feedback and have that classroom experience where even if your students can't be all in the same place, they can when they go online. And, and they can talk with each other and they can share with each other. And, and keeping that moving forward is, is a great way to make things relevant for the technical environment. Are there any um, mistakes that are very common that you've seen that you could maybe get ahead of and tell teachers, hey, avoid doing this because it might not work out the way that you want it to? Yes, absolutely. Um, keep your sessions interactive. Uh, find ways to be able to make sure you're engaging with your audience. Otherwise, they're going to open a web browser and then they're going to open another web browser and be on Facebook. Well, Facebook if you're old. Um, I don't know what the kids these days are using, yeah. but you're, they're immediately going to have something else, right? So keeping that engagement, um, whether it means that your screens are changing regularly or you're engaging people in conversation or you're asking questions so that they're coming back and continuing to talk with you. Um, another thing that can is an easy trap to fall into and and this is going to sound weird but bear with me for a minute i'm totally going somewhere with this is is what i call the the curse of the perfect right um when you're standing up in front of a group full of people and you have a topic you're going to feel like okay well i'm going to talk about this and maybe not everything i say is going to be perfect but i can correct myself as i go along or if i if i say something and i don't say it in exactly the right way that's okay i'm i'm doing a lecture i'm talking to my students and it's it's a way that we all feel comfortable standing up and talking in front of a group of people when you suddenly find yourself now sitting in your house or in your office having to write that down as a script, it can become very easy to decide that this has to be 100% perfect and I can't possibly make a mistake because I'm recording this. And if someone hears me um or er or, or say something that's slightly off, that it's not going to work for me and it's not going to work for them. I, ha I have to be perfect with this. And that's an easy trap to fall into, but what you end up doing is it ends up taking you so much more time than it normally would. You walk away with it from the perception that, well, online training is really hard because, you know, that one-hour lecture took me three hours to do. Well, it took you three hours to do because you were so focused on perfecting it that it took you three hours to do. And if you'd done it in front of a classroom, you wouldn't have had that same experience. So I'm not saying it's okay to be sloppy because none of us are, none of us want to do that, but recognize that you're still humid and human and that your audience is equally human when they're hearing it. They're going to forgive the occasional misstep. They're going to understand that it's new technology to you as well. Um, another one is that there's a lot of different ways to convey the information out there. There's a lot of different technologies that you can fall into and you know, keep keep an eye on what your audience is going to be able to use and expect. If all of your audience is going to be watching things on their phones, because that's the only mobile platform that they have, don't try to do a whole lot of very high resolution, very detailed imaging, or a lot of things that they're going to have to go through and read without being able to download, because they're not going to be able to see it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any last last little tips so I don't keep you too long? No, no, by, by all okay. means. Um, I'm happy to help with anything. You know, we're, we're always a resource. And if, if you want to include uh, my ETC contact information in with the podcast, I'm Got happy it. to answer questions for people. I'm happy to share any information. Yeah, I, uh, don't, be don't be afraid to try it. It's, it's, it's different. It's a different experience than what a lot of us are used to when we're standing in front of a classroom or standing in the middle of a theater. But kids these days, um, and I, I, say, I say kids just because I consider myself, I, I'm 50, so everybody's a kid, um, <laughs> unless you're older than me and then you're laughing at me right now going, ah, yeah. kid. Um, not, I, do, I do have some listeners enough. that are definitely older, yes. <laughs> you know, so, so while it's a different technology for us and it's a different way for us to present information, it is not something that is unfamiliar to our audiences. And, and more and more of the youth today are looking at YouTube and, and other instructional videos to find answers and to find solutions. So just take a breath and be yourself. Um, and I think that's probably the best advice I can give you as you move forward in trying to create material and curriculum.
You know, uh, one of the uh, things that might come out of this is that people will figure out that it works. And, um, <laughs> you know, then we'll see what happens years from now when maybe this becomes sort of the norm. So, we'll yeah, s- we'll I can see, see it. it goes. Yeah. Well, thank you. See very it. One much. Sec- oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I was going to say one success story we've seen is we found that by putting curriculum online, especially lecture based curriculum, um, allowed us to, you know, we do we have a two hour prerequisite class that we have people go through before they come to a live training. Putting that two hours of online material up saved us eight hours of class time. Wow. Wow. Yeah. No, I mean, and ETC is is not to keep plugging ETC, but I'll, I'll do it. But uh, ETC is well known for. You know, whenever anybody has an issue, even the smallest of issues, is your light board even on? Um, calling calling you guys, it, nobody in your company ever makes anybody feel like uh, they're lesser. Um, and so I think it's very much appreciated and very trusted from your company uh, to know that you guys have a platform out there that's um, helping students learn and, and getting not just to know your equipment, but also the practicality of just how lighting and technology and all that stuff works so uh, speaking on behalf of lots of teachers i can say we appreciate that so um good for you guys thank you i'll be sure to pass that on that is that is the results of of a very very talented team of people that i am happy and humbled to be part of um that make it our our jobs to to help everybody answer their questions yeah. you know you're everybody everybody's problem is is something that is worth solving and everybody has to learn this at some point right, right? i mean what we do is it what we do is a craft right. and it, it has to be passed on and you you can't you if someone's asking a question you always have to respect that and give them an answer to that question right so it's been a while since i've done the double whammy but uh thank you to david fox for coming on and now a uh edited together interview because we uh some background jay just found out before we sat down to talk that a bunch of these or all of these one act play contests were being either postponed or canceled but really postponed as we later found out uh but he had to be on the phone off and on so we're not cutting things out because we said anything inappropriate we're cutting things out because uh, he went off to be on the phone or he would sit there and text these kids these days being on their phone while they're in a public place, you know. So uh, it's going to sound a little choppy, but um, that is the reason why I promise it's not for anything other than, uh, well, there was the one time Jay uh, said some dirty things about Stuart Savage. But other than that, uh, uh, everything is cut out because of his distraction from you people, you directors, needing to get answers about your one-act play. I've already been eliminated. I don't need answers. Anyway, enjoy another Jay Thomas interview. So the question I wanted to ask you, you act, right? Uh, have you always acted? Like, always? Like, in, like, is that what got you into theater? Or was yeah. it? Okay. Yes. So, so how long have you acted? Eighth grade. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, so um, ninety-seven. So okay. Over, so what? Uh, years what? I had forgotten more about acting by ninety-seven. So what? What? What was your first role? Do you remember? Well, I, I mean, are, oh, are we getting legit? Because like in first grade, I was in a play called Harlequin, and I was the gingerbread so man. You just lied to me. I got you. <laughs> That's right. So add first and okay. second grade onto that. So okay. 25 years, so, my silver anniversary. Right. Um, but my, <laughs> um, but the first role in a in a play. Yeah, I mean, not in a scene in class. I couldn't yeah, yeah, remember yeah, that yeah, anyway. Yeah. No, I couldn't. Something you had to audition for. So something I had to audition for would have been... Something you had to earn. I played in my freshman year of high school. I played Death in Death Takes a Holiday. If you're not familiar with the play script, it's very similar to Meet Joe Black with Brad Pitt. And so I played the Brad Pitt character where I played Death. And there you go. That's great. You played the Brad Pitt character? I played the... Did Did you have a blind director? It was based on acting skills and not looks, okay? And I know I saw you in the Christmas show, but part of me just thought, 
you and Doc Ivins are in that show because you're you and Doc Ivins, not because you're necessarily like wanting to, you're not chomping at the bit to be in a show. Exactly. Right. It's more fun for the students to see kind of these people that they sort of look up to and respect right. and, to be in a show. For Doc and I to work together. Right, uh, we, right, right. We enjoy that. So I, I thought, for me, I thought that's why you guys were in the, the Greenwich, or right, what's it called? Right, yeah. Um, but then I thought, no, you, you you actually like to act. Yes, love to act. Uh, it's just difficult to do now. Yeah. Um, because I have a family and a full-time job and things like Does that. Does Doc ever consider you? No, I mean, well, so Unless Doc you doesn't, kinda... doesn't direct as much as he used right. to. Um, but every time, uh, one of the other professors that we have there that, that direct at the college, Richard Turner, Brian Hamlin, uh, and then Brian also does stuff away from the college, right. the College of the Mainland, stuff right. like that. They always want me to be in it, but it's just really difficult. Right. And the rehearsal if, if, stuff. Yeah, and, and yeah. if I'm going to get the stamp of approval from my wife to be away, right. I want it to be you know, a, like right. a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity or a show I really want to sure. do, so on and so forth. Uh, and so you know, I don't want to waste that, like, get out of parenting like free a Brad, class. Like a Brad yeah, Pitt like role. Pit role. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right. Um, so, I would love to, uh, I, yes, I, I'm an actor at heart, I love it I'm with a passion, it's sure. just difficult to do now, um, just because of the time commitment, um, but I, I would, if the right thing came along, I would ask my wife, right. if it was okay That's if good. I missed you know, a month or a month and a half for rehearsals and right. performances and things like that, I would love for my kids to see something other than the Christmas show. You sound like Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> um, my kids just know me as the young Greenwich the, the green, every year. The green yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, well, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is your favorite thing that you've ever been in? So I was in a show. Harley Quinn, first I was grade. In Har a Harley Quinn show, not Harley Quinn. <laughs> oh, oh, got it. Um, but I was in a show. Uh, there's a professor at the college who's a professor of English, but he was a theater professor. Uh, before he transferred over to the English department, his name's Dr. David LeMaster. Um, and... He has Parkinson's disease, and he's a writer, and he wrote a play about his trials with Parkinson's disease. So obviously it's an original script, and the one and only time it's ever been performed, I portrayed him oh. in the show, and so it was such an honor. Jeez. We performed it for the Kennedy Center, or right. for KCACTF, which is like UIL, right. but for colleges. Um, and so it was really, really neat to portray a, a living person. Sure. Not only a living person, but somebody that I got to see on a daily basis because right. we're colleagues. Uh, so that was a really, really neat part for me to play. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my dad had Parkinson's. Uh, it was a joy to watch him eat soup. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> or try to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I giving mean, him a straw. It comes from a pizza. <laughs> uh, no, it was for him. It was because uh, I get a lot of my personality. Thank you. That is cheesy. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, man. Uh, I get a lot of my speaking of cheesy uh, personality from, <laughs> from my father. That's awesome. And so he always found uh, some delight. And this is after my mother actually passed away. He found delight in making me laugh, which obviously, you know, when you're going through those hard times, you, you want to do that. Right. But, uh, or at least my family does. <laughs> and so he would, he would, we would go eat at, uh, where did we go eat? Uh oh, Copa. Uh, we'd go eat at maybe Chili's or something, and he would get a bowl of uh, uh, broccoli cheese soup. And then he would try to eat it, and it was just so funny to watch. And he knew it was funny because he couldn't do it. Yeah, so did you ever think that maybe he did that on purpose? Because you said yeah, he liked oh, to get you to yeah. laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he knew, he, that would get you to he laugh. knew it would get me to laugh. He also liked broccoli cheese soup from Chili's. Shout out to Chili's. Looking for sponsorship. <laughs> Looking for sponsors, um, <laughs> but uh, he, yeah, oh, he totally 100% did it to, to get me to laugh. That's awesome. And he, he succeeded in eating some of it, but definitely a lot of it ended up on that little plate that's at the bottom of the, <laughs> the cup. Um, all right, so a as we're recording this, the corona pandemic is uh, uh, taking hold of definitely Houston, if not America. And uh, you just you just got off the phone with a bunch of different people, hopefully postponing contests, which kind of sucks for people. And I made a joke that 
you know, I'm glad we were eliminated already. <laughs> so I don't have to stress about it. I just get but, a week off of school. Yeah, but it does. Yeah, but it, well, yeah, with my kids. I get to bond with my kids uh, even more and not get to go to a movie theaters. Um, but it is uh, it is unfortunate right now that all these schools are uh, having to cancel. All these kids have worked so hard to create a show uh, that hopefully gets to be seen. Now, I'm not a big UIL guy. But I do feel for those kids that have, you know, have put in all this work to may hopefully do something. Right. Hopefully. You would know this better than me, because obviously of your profession and you work in the high schools. But late as we get later on, if we if we do postpone and reschedule later into April and so on and so forth, is, is it a possibility that these students are going to have conflicts with other activities in um, high school, or should their schedules not usually, be free? no. Uh, you know, unless they're in band or choir, another fine art or something. But, you know, those are the only contests that continue on. And, uh, or if they're a baseball player, you know, something. Right. If they have a cross, but a lot of these theater kids don't have that. And okay. if they do have that, they've already had conflicts. Uh, so I don't think it'd be too too bad. The problem is, is the facilities. So you're going to run right. into facility issues. Right. <clears throat> uh, I think, you know, like last year, we hosted an HISD contest. There are facilities, as long as people are willing to forego the facility that they originally planned on being in, right. then I think people will be able to have their contests. That's, That's what I think. Uh, but places like the Berry Center and Cypher, uh, there are places that have packs that will probably be able to find time to schedule in right. these contests, especially being that it's UIL related, not just... No offense to small dance co people that have like uh, concerts. Hey, they keep me. They keep me in business at the college. So shout out to the small dance companies. But I joke. Some are bigger than you think. Yeah. Well, it's true. It's good. It's good. Thank you. Thank you so much. I joked with uh, Bobby Ramirez uh, that maybe they'll just go to like having a by district, but have 16 schools in the by district rather than two districts come together or rather than host two districts separately and then have them later do a by district just have a two-day right. by district well that's what which I'm would be hellacious for the adjudicators because it's a lot of right. theater and kind of unfair to that 15th and 16th school but sure. it, but timing wise i don't know that, that's what i'm telling the schools in my 5a contest that I, I think once everything gets rolling again and school gets back in session, that we're, we're scheduled to have two days of zones and then a district and a by district, and I think they would negate this, like just cancel the zones and have a high school yeah. district. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what I think is going to happen to save on on time. Yeah, and also the availability of adjudicators and contest managers. Right. And, by the way, because I'm going to drop this on Sunday, if anybody needs an emergency contest manager. Call your boy. Uh, me, not Jay. Don't call Jay. Call me. Unless you're canceling on Jay, somebody else call Jay. Anyway, we're both available. Statewide, I would be willing to I drive. I mean, well, I, I am. I played this cool, <laughs> just like my mouth, as you can hear, yeah. I'm sure. I heard what she said. Um, <laughs> Give Blake a shout. Yeah. He's yeah. ready to go. Call me. Oh, yeah. I need some practice. Um, so... Let's throw in a little wrestling. Now, think? see, see, full disclosure, your boy has not watched Chamber yet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so how do we throw in wrestling? You know who Who's has watched Elimination Chamber? Happened? You know who has watched it? Because I, I haven't. I haven't either. My you daughter. Chamber? I, I've seen uh, two matches from it. My daughter has watched Elimination Chamber. Now, for those people that listen to this podcast on, on the reg, I don't think I've really ever talked about how much Ava has truly gone above and beyond embracing wrestling. It's awesome. The WWE. And not, and not wrestling, but the WWE. Because when I tried to switch it over to AEW, she's like, what is this crap? It's just stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is probably exactly how I felt when my dad would switch over to WCW. Thank you. Me too. Uh, Me too. I, I learned eventually. WCW was the minor leagues. Because yeah. at that point when I was watching... People were going from WCW to WWE, so I it, thought they were getting promoted. Did. Yeah, I yes, I and and 
So I get it, I guess, but uh, it's just kind of funny. But Ava has embraced, to a fault almost, has embraced wrestling so much. She now plays wrestling on our PlayStation. She then, if she's bored, she'll watch Network, WWE Network. She, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, watches wrestling. Hasn't grasped the schedule as far as Sundays. So most Sundays she'll ask, is wrestling on tonight? And then if it is, she watches. All of these nights, she sleeps on the couch because she falls asleep watching. Um, And she is just really just embraced the heck out of it. So I will come home sometimes uh, and say, what happened? And she goes, okay, well, the the Street Profits, they they fought fought the Viking Raiders. And, and, and like, give me the whole rundown, man. It's great. Play but, by play. But with this ex- was the finish and everything. <laughs> yeah, with everything. With, she should have her own blog. With extreme or not extreme rules, elimination chamber. Uh, she stayed up and watched the whole thing. Well, you got to set it up. Were you working? Like, how come she's watching it but you're not watching it? What was I doing? That's uh, oh yes, I was out in the woodlands. And she knows uh, how to get on the network yes. and everything like that. I was out. Okay. Yes, I was on the PlayStation too, not just on the iPad, which is much easier. I was out in the woodlands closing up a Frozen Junior, uh, which, by the way, if you've ever uh, if you're considering doing that show, don't. Not the Frozen Junior version. The Frozen Junior version is an hour long. Yeah, we, um, we did that for our kids' camp last year. The the, so camps are great. Yeah, we did camp, it for that. Doing it, it for good. a camp would be perfect. Yeah. Summer stock type of camp yeah. thing. But doing it for a main stage show? Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, don't do it. Uh, it's not worth the return. Uh, but anyway, so I was closing that up, and I come home, and it was... I still had two matches left, so because I saw the last she two saw matches. You saw the last two. Yeah. And but she caught me up. The That's whole awesome. Thing, the whole thing. Oh my goodness. So. She me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next next Come time on, I'll Ava. just tell her to Skype you. Yeah. Let me know uh, what's going on. Can I just thanks. say that I feel like we're doing this podcast and I'm getting text messages because I'm contest managing several contests that are being postponed and things like that. I feel like Adam Schefter looking at my phone. While you're talking to me, I find out where Dak Prescott's getting traded and so on and so forth. And you're I'll drop a, it on my Yeah, place. you don't have a salary, though. <laughs> I don't. I feel like Adam Schefter or Wojciechowski, the NBA Adam Schefter. And I'm just dropping news. Are you? Um, but, like, is it really just Stewart texting you saying, hey, girl, so if I add this to this pylon... Will it be more than 50%? What questions do you have for me? <laughs> what were you originally going to talk to me about whenever we were originally going to do my fourth appearance on your podcast a couple weeks ago or maybe three weeks ago when you were going to come by the college? You're the worst interviewer be, ever. It was going to be one-act play, right? Um, Jumping right into that season? So, yeah, kind of. You know, I had I put a tweet out there. It was pretty controversial. Well, here's the funny part about this, and I won't mention names, but uh, I get a phone call from a dance director that's in my district that says, I was in this location in Austin, we'll just say that, and they were meeting a friend for lunch, and they're there waiting, and they hear this friend from afar in another room or in a hallway or something. And the the person that they're talking to says, Well yeah, and did you see Blake Miner's tweet? <laughs> wow. Shockwaves on your tweet. Yeah, right. Tweet a little I know. Bit, buddy. Uh, <laughs> all right. Apparently Twitter has a, a reach further than Houston. Yeah. Um, who knew? But anyway, so I put out this tweet about celebration. Okay. I don't think we've talked about this. No, we, we, I mean, a little bit. Yeah. We've talked about this. So, um, I am. I was raised as one of these kids. I played soccer all my all my life. Um, you got first place. You were runner up, and then thanks for coming. Yeah. You tried. You tried your best. Gotcha. Um, we needed the rest of you to have a lead. Yes, correct. Now, this may be why I'm jaded towards this, but our soccer team sucked. 
and it was practically the same kids the entire span of my tenure. Gotcha. Um, and we were just bad. We were never even flirting with even third place. People let love alone. seeing you on the upcoming game schedule. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. They circled us <laughs> as, hey, this is a this, this, is a, this will be a We're not guarantee, right? Yeah. <laughs> now we won a few games, which probably to their dismay, just annihilated their 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 season. Their season. Oh my gosh, their their confidence was probably shot. But for the most part, we were pretty bad, and we were winless a lot. Right. So. I got used to, I, I lost, I, I'm not a very competitive person. I didn't do UIL in high school. I've said that on almost every episode of my podcast. <laughs> but, um, so when I see people celebrate for certain achievements, in my mind I think about, it does this achievement mean anything? Right. And uh, I make that decision personally, it's very subjective. But I make that decision personally, and then based on the reaction, I either appreciate it or I get angry at it. Right. In this particular instance, I was angry at the at the reaction. Right. Because in my mind, I felt, and Mandy has said this on this podcast. Speaking of uh, the 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 you know the most the, the most Rick podcast, Flair. the yeah. Ric Flair. Uh, uh, she went from a school, or she, she was at Bastrop where they never expected to win, to they advanced from zone, and now they walked in expecting to win, right? Because they or, advanced from zone? Yes. Okay. Or she sees schools like a Leander, or uh, these ones that have like a lot of uh, success, <clears throat> their, their way of entering a contest is they expect to advance, right? It's a shock when they don't, not a shock when they do. And so I am not competitive. But I always expect to advance uh, because I always think I most directors, except for the ones that are martyrs, think that their product is good. They, I would hope they do, right? right? You would hope that they do. Sure. There are directors that think their product is good, but would never let you know that they think their product is good. Yes. And I can name those names, but I'll save it for Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I, I, I was was a little disappointed at the reaction but then and i said this last week in my my podcast i was made privy to the reason why that particular reaction was given by that director in that school <clears throat> was because they had never heard their name called yeah they yeah. it was new to them right and i get that uh, so i i i keep hitting this point but i feel like it's very important that you know, we it's it's a one act play contest. There's so much that could uh, that directors find right with it, but there's these little things that that I feel like are big elements to it that are so wrong with it because it doesn't regulate. It regulates the hell out of how much fabric and how much this and how much that. But then when it comes to the celebration, there's really very little regulation. Yeah, I mean there is yeah there is regulation, there, but not there is, but to it's the not a lot of right specific so, rules. Right. And so so on how and so, forth. so who is who is to say that somebody's over the top? Right. Um, obviously, I don't think anybody's ever going to say like if you if you advance and all you do is you snap once, you're not honoring one act right. play. Like right. they're not going to say right. you're under celebrating. Right. right? <clears throat> but uh, there are over the top celebrations. And I mean a lot of the things. I mean, you know, let's say you go as far as reporting a school that you believe over or disrespected other schools. Which I would not so do, right. yeah, unless it was like right. t-shirt cannons. When I say and, you, I yeah. don't mean you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> Somebody, yeah. But, you know, a, a question could follow that um, report as far as reporting the school is, you know, are they, do they always advance? Right. Is this the first time they've ever advanced? Right. Well, this is the first time they've ever advanced. Which right, I didn't well, take into consideration. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever yeah. the case may be. You know, all of that falls on the director. And I've never, in, in my experience with theater and one-act play and so on and so forth, the one thing I've never done is directed a one-act play. And so I can understand for school, for teachers and directors that do this every year, 
and they don't really care to do it, but it's a must and they have to do it and so on and so forth. Like, we're going to do this, we're not going to advance because, because people will compete against so on and so yeah. forth. But they finally advance, it's kind of like a holy crap moment. Yeah. Wow, we advanced and I totally did not mean to disrespect or whatever the case may be. And that's just kind of how I reacted. I did not expect yeah. that at all. But like the point I'm trying to make is all that falls on the director. Like if the yeah. director directs their, their kids to accept uh, defeat or success the same way, that's what they're going to yeah. do. But if you don't, they're not, yeah. so on and they so forth. Follow the leader. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I every year that I've done one act play, whether I've directed it or not, um, I tell them, since I'm the head director technically by stipend, I tell my students like, hey, I'm, I've, I've, I was not raised with one act play. I'm not one of these passionate people about one act play. I understand the importance of it. I understand why we do it. I'm, I'm not saying I don't do it or I won't, wouldn't do it. I'm still always going to do it. Right. But uh, you need to understand it doesn't mean much to me. So if we don't advance. Don't let it be because you gave a bad performance. Right. Go out there and give the best performance you can give, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, but my students, if, like we didn't advance from district, you know, 50% of the schools did. We were one of the, we were 50 that didn't. Um, I, was, I was not upset about it. And now in hindsight, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you know, and, and right now it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a great thing. Right, but, right. Uh, but my students were able to perform at least, and twice, uh, and, and that's, you know, that's all you can ask. Now, the other part of this that I, that is annoying to me, and I, at, at our district, which you were not there, yes. one of the schools advanced, and two directors looked at each other, and they said, oh my god, like, as though they didn't expect to advance. Right. This school has advanced a lot. Year after year after year after year, right. past district, past by district, and it's not us. It, nobody from that school has ever been on my podcast. If that helps narrow down who it might be, but it was. Uh, it's obnoxious to see a school that has had success. Right. It wasn't destiny, but let's say it was destiny right. for sake of she won't care if her name was mentioned on here. Um, if if if. At district or zone, if Bush advanced and Destiny was like, "Oh my God, I didn't think we would advance." Oh my gosh, that's martyrdom. Like that's like like you at those lower levels, and even they'll even they even tell you that those levels aren't important because they don't even award the school points. Right. right you know what I mean? Right. So like, <clears throat> it's not me well, that's I mean, saying they're district, not. A, at district, they do. Or no, at least from at, my perspective, no. I don't think at district they do. I know that we have to, as a contest manager, after a district you contest, it. you have to go and report but it. But we okay. don't, we don't get points. I don't, th I don't wow. think the school okay. gets points in the academic world until area. Uh, area. Okay. okay. I, I could be wrong about the that, but I'm pretty time positive. The next it has to be reported is region, actually. Okay. So maybe, but wow. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. so I so figured the, if I'm reporting it, you're getting the points. No. Okay. So now we, you know, there are accolades and things like that, but as far as UIL points. Our concern is they don't get it at district. I wish a director could just stand up, applaud, right. say, give their gratitude to their students, get up on stage, smile, yeah. applaud, whatever, um, and that be that would be their celebration. Right. Now, all bets are off at like region and state. Sure. I mean, like, sure. if you're a region and you advance to state, by all means, get some get some like streamer cannons. <laughs> Like if you stand up and you would just, ex I expect it to advance. Because Yay. because here's the thing, if you if you to going back to the sports analogy, a, a a team that wins the AFC championship or the NFC championship get gets streamers yeah. and gets confetti, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and then they get the same thing that. at the yeah, Super yeah, Bowl, yeah, right. right? So those two levels, right. I get that. Sure. You know, go nuts. Because Lord knows if I ever made it to state, just made it to state, not even yeah. oh, one, right. I would be going eight yeah. shit. If I got you know? eight out of eight schools at state, I'm cool with Yeah, that. you know yeah, what I mean? Cool. So so I don't blame that. When you're still at a thousand schools left right. uh, and you're now narrowed down to 800, like, I mean, it's not huge. I, I'm very... It's funny how passionate I get about things related to UIL, yeah. but not UIL. How much you don't care about it, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And 
I also fully understand how much of a hypocrite I am. <laughs> I really do. And I mean, the, the sole purpose of having, and I mean, you have, you have some folks that we're not going to have zones because it's more expensive to have a zone. Yes. Uh, but then we are going to have a zone because we want some schools that aren't going to see success if we just have a district yes. over and over again to have the zone so they can potentially see some success. Um, I, I also, you know, I, I had a girl win uh, Best Performer. Yes, at that's zone, right. Yes, right? that's right. You did. So, and I told her. And you knew it by by fact, because as I was making that announcement, you were pointing at her. Like when I, I think yes. when I said from Dallas High School, yeah. you knew who it was going to be. Because she didn't get she didn't get, she didn't get uh, anything in, any, any honor, and she's too good to not right. have gotten at least an honorable right. mention. And so when she didn't get honorable mention or all star, I, I immediately knew uh, she's got this. Yeah. Now that said, I made sure to quickly go to her to say, after the tweet, after Tweetgate, okay. uh, to say, hey, I don't want to diminish your success because you went up against almost 70 other kids yeah. on stage yeah. and you came back with one of two awards yeah. out of 70. Yep. I said, that's an accomplishment. That's an achievement. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want you to think that, that me saying you should expect to win yeah, has right, to do anything right. with your individual award. Because I agree that, yes, I'm glad that we're celebrating individual awards. However... Right. <laughs> Two out of 70 is different from three out of four. Yes, you know however... One out of 35 is The last time we did zones in my district, we also won Best Performer with a kid that should never have ever <laughs> won Best Performer. And Melanie turned to me... And I'm not going to say the kid's name, but turned to me and said, they're about to win Best Performer. And I said, no, they're, there's no way. Because I didn't look at him as, as somebody that would could be, maybe he could be honorable mention, all-star cast. Maybe he, maybe he could be all-star cast. But I never looked at him to say, if, if, he's, if he is one of those, great. If he's not, okay, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. And then he won... Uh, this was back when it was Best Actor, Best Actor. Yeah, right. Then he won Best Actor. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> what? And it ruined our show. Because at District, he thought, I am hot, the hot, the hottest thing here, man. I want best, I'm one of two best actors in this entire competition. Our school, you know, I've got this in the bag. And he was horrible. Yeah, I don't even think he. I don't even think he got an award at, at district. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I know he did not get an award at district. Uh, and so it like ruined him. Now I don't think that's the same case with uh, this year. She she got uh, all star cast at district. Okay. Which three of the four best performers from our zones? Yeah. Got all star cast. cast, and that that it's, was fine. I mean, sometimes no, that, yeah, it's, that's yeah. It's you know, that's not a complaint. Right, right. I'm just I understand that. You're one. splitting hairs with yeah. all star cast and best different performer, different yeah. adjudicators, yeah. all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's true too. And I don't I, I couldn't tell you who my one of my adjudicators right. was. Uh, Jared Berry. <laughs> no, it definitely it definitely wasn't Jared. It could have easily been Freddie Buckner. Okay. Freddie Buckner has been, and you might be able to answer this actually as an adjudicator, which by the way you have to tell me about the later. That you got from a certain somebody that's high up. You said it oh, in my truck. Oh yes, you're right. You're uh, right okay. Which we could talk you're about right. off the off mic. Uh, Freddie, and and I like Freddie Buck. Freddie's great. He's he's such a nice guy. Love he makes the kids feel great. Yes, he does. If, uh, and he's on Disney Plus. A little shout out, Freddie Buck. <laughs> Is he really? Disney Plus. They have a show on Disney Plus where they they take like if you're in a High School Musical back in 1990. They get the cast together back in 2020 or whatever, and they just kind of tell stories. And they did that with Freddie Buckner. He was the director of a high school musical back in the, I guess it was the 90s. And so he's on an episode of this show that's on Disney Plus. That's ahead. awesome. Go ahead. Good for him. But yeah, Freddie's great. So, so the, the only problem I have, and it's not with Freddie, it's he's accepting these uh, adjudication roles. Right. He's been an adjudicator for me at Dulles, four out of. Seven years. Yeah, that has to do with me sometimes because <laughs> I pick the I don't uh, pick the adjudicators, but I but, acquire them. Right, but it's if we had changed contest manager year after year, 
how are they supposed to know That's true. who we've had? That's true. right. So sure, slap on the wrist for you because you know you should remember everything that's associated with me. Right, of course. Uh, but it should there should be a system in place, in my opinion, and we can call my girl PR uh, and let her know. <laughs> but um, there should be a system in place that prevents that. Now that's not to say that Freddie shouldn't like. So if we went to zones this year, he could do his zone. But since he did district last year, he right. shouldn't do district this yeah, year. Sure, sure. Um, or he could do our by district. You right, know, it's right our, it becomes a very yeah, difficult you to negate him from the contest site. Right. But right. yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. But it also becomes very difficult to like if he were the region judge. I mean, there's nothing we can do about that. Right, right. But as far as district right, and zone, right. when it's just in house, yes. uh, there should be a, a some sort of policy for that because the, the last two years we've had two of the same adjudicators. Uh, at district. Okay. So okay. not not. I yeah. didn't do anything with district. Yeah. At district, we had the two two of the three adjudicators yes. were exactly I the think same. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and again, different kids, different shows. Right, right. In some to cases, different. In some cases, yeah. different directors. Right, right. For some of those schools, so I understand why like it's not the top of the list of things to fix. Right. But uh, at the same time, for those of us returning. That are like, why, guy, yeah. why am I getting a critique from the same adjudicator? Right, right. Uh, it's a little frustrating. Yeah. So work on that for me. Thanks. Okay, I'll do what I can. Since, you're, since your middle name is UIL. <laughs> I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. No, but I mean, the contest manager can, you know, that is something that I could add to my to-do list. And that is, hey, I wasn't at Check this contest history. last year. Yeah. What did you guys have? Who yeah. did you have last year? Let's get you some new people. Yeah. Or if I was there, I should. Or know. let's try to get you try new people. Try and get you some new people. Because obviously, it's not always up to you. Right. Like the schools provide me with a list. They would love to have these adjudicators. I don't have to go on that list, but I try to because that's who you guys yeah. want, and so I try and do. But yeah, I see what you're saying. That's something that I could do going forward, especially if it's a new contest, or even if it's not. Who did we have last year? Let's try and find some new people. Yeah. Some new blood. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about? I don't know. Whatever you want to talk about. I'm so done. Minor.